You're listening to episode 22 of the Kin Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be sharing a question that changed my life, which is what breaks your heart? How that can lead you to figure out what your passion is, your true find your passion thing. And the reason I want to share that question with you today is because I want to tell you what breaks my heart, what breaks my heart so much. And the simple exercise that I discovered back in 2013 that can help everyone with that thing that breaks my heart. So I'm excited to share this with you today. It's based on an article I wrote back in the day, still resonates with a lot of people, and I hope it will resonate with you too. So before I give too much away, let's just dive right in. What do you say? Let's do this. You're listening to The Kin Show, where we explore the intricacies of the human heart faith, relationships, spirituality, parenthood, and more. Celebrating our journeys as seekers. We believe in love, in giving more of it to every person we interact with and to ourselves. We believe in living with intention for our children, for our communities, and most importantly, for ourselves. We believe we are all one family, one kin. Kindred spirits loved unconditionally by God. And we believe it's more important to actually know God than to just know about God. Seeker, writer, photographer, your host Marcella Chamorro shares perhaps way too many personal stories and asks you the right questions to help you uncover what's best for your life. This is not our practice life, so let's make the most of it. Are you ready to hear inspiring interviews and coffee table chats with Marcella? Grab a cup of coffee and prepare to transform your definition of your dream life. Here's your host, boy band lover and master of deep conversations, Marcella Chamorro. You know, back in 2013, I wrote an article that I never expected to hit home with people, but it really did. It kind of struck a chord. And back in 2013, you know, passion was all the rage. Find your passion. What are you passionate about? You know, and it seemed like the number one ticket to happiness or whatever. And so I wrote this article that was my way of finding what I'm passionate about, quote unquote. And the article is called What Breaks Your Heart? And in pure Marcella fashion, it had a wonderful subtitle, which was The Surefire Way to Find Your Passion. I am so clickbaity. Anyway, I'll read you a little bit of the article. It's really not that long. And what I wrote in 2013 is, you know, to spend our lives doing what we love. How could a simple concept be so beautiful and so difficult at the same time? During my time writing and speaking to this community of life adventurers, because back then I was writing on the perpetual vacation, all seeking to have an awesome life, I'm encountered one huge problem. Finding your quote unquote passion is like catching a fish with your bare hands. It feels impossible to accomplish, like only a super skilled few are able to do it. And last week, I read an article that tore me to pieces. It provides what may be the one solution to help people find their passion, quote unquote, in a way that is dear and close to their heart. In the article, Umairi Haik, and I apologize for mispronouncing that, my bad, he shares the following. What is it that breaks your heart about the world? It's there that you begin to find what moves you. If you want to find your passion, surrender to your heartbreak. Your heartbreak points toward a truer north, and it's the difficult journey toward it that is, in the truest sense, enduring tempestuous passion. Now, after reading this quote, 
I wondered if it could really be that simple. Like, could our passions really be hiding within what breaks our heart about the world? But I think he's right. Passion is our heartbreak transformed into positive action. Now, if you're anything like most people, identifying exactly what you'd enjoy doing for the rest of your life isn't as easy as it sounds. Sure, you want more freedom and perhaps a cooler job. Who doesn't? But you aren't sure exactly how to go about making that happen. And here's how heartbreak can help. Number one, you find it interesting. When something truly breaks your heart, there's no doubt that you find it compelling enough to hang around it for long periods of time. Two, you want to fix it. If it hurts you enough, you yearn to find a way to change it. And three, it matches what's inside you to what's outside you. You know, the world out there needs what you've got. And the fact that you feel heartbreak means you have the desire and motivation to change things for the better. And four, lastly, you know what you need to do. Once you've identified the way to fix something that breaks your heart, you'll learn the skills. You'll pick them up as you go to get it done. Your passion is what moves you. And what pisses you off and breaks your heart is a first step in that direction. I mean, it definitely helped me. Let me tell you a little bit about my heartbreak because that's the whole point of this episode, right? I'm not here to talk about what you should do next in your career path or whatever. I want to talk to you about my heartbreak, how this question transformed my life, ended up on this podcast. You know, back in 2013 when I read that quote, I could have predicted what I was passionate about, but that changed within a few months, you know, because what breaks my heart is influenced by what I'm going through at the moment. You know, back then I didn't care so much about the creative process or spirituality. I was all caught up in the entrepreneurial struggle. I certainly didn't care so much about anything relating to children or parenting or motherhood because I simply wasn't there yet. So things fluctuate over time and I stay open to exploring it. But there's a common thread between all the things that I've been heartbroken about. And that is preventable suffering. In 2013, I wrote that what breaks my heart is how the ego causes us so much preventable suffering. If everyone just knew how much mindfulness and letting go of the ego could help them, we'd all feel less angry, resentment, anxiety, and fear. And at the time that I wrote the original article, I was exploring you know, all of that by writing on the blog. And I wrote a series called Mindfulness for Makers, which I just transformed into Mindfulness for Moms. But that preventable suffering is what still you know, gets me out of bed every morning and sits me down in front of this computer and gets me to start recording this podcast. You know, Because I notice in everyday life, and it, I tell you, it really angers me, Everyone is so unhappy. You know, I talk to friends, I talk to acquaintances, I run into people on the street, and they're so unhappy all the time. You know, people who go to church and people who don't. You know, it's always so frustrating to me when people are like, but I go to church. And I'm like, yeah, but you're still sitting there tearing somebody apart or talking bad about somebody or judging somebody, making somebody feel bad. People who believe in God and people who don't. You know, for me, this isn't a thing about whether you're a believer or not, and what your faith journey is like. This isn't about the details, but it's frustrating to me when somebody is like, I checked off a list, like I believe in God, I'm fine. I go to church on Sunday, but I'm like, but you're always walking around with all this anger or all this sadness and all this rejection of the present moment. I mean, I see people who are angry at other people from the past, from the present, from the future. <laughs> Things have never even happened yet. Things that happened 20 years ago. They're angry at themselves for doing something the wrong way, for not saying the right thing, for not thinking whatever, for making mistakes, all kinds of things. They're upset that life hasn't gone the way they wanted it to go. 
can't control life. They're upset that the morning hasn't gone the way they wanted. You stubbed your toe. Suddenly, your day's ruined. And guess what? All your future interactions with people during the rest of the day are going to be ruined too. They judge others and they judge themselves. There's always something wrong, something to complain about, something bothering them, something to obsess over. You know how many times I talk to people, I'm like, how are you? And there's always something to complain about. There's always something. I didn't sleep well enough. So-and-so said this and this to me. Today I have this big meeting that I'm nervous about. This client hasn't paid me. On and on and on, you know? And it frustrates me. It so frustrates me. And I know that I'm complaining about people complaining. And I'm angry that people are angry, but I'm angry right now. You know, but I just want to make a point in that life doesn't have to be that way. There is something to waking up every moment, knowing, you know, the bad things and the good things that are happening that day or the situations that you're in. And not just seeing the bright side, right? but finding the beauty in the life that you're living. You know, there's, there's something that I started practicing in 2013, which I've talked about many times on this podcast, but I want to go more in depth in it now, and that's making a gratitude list. Now, I'm not sure if prior to 2013 I had ever done this before, but I started in 2013, and I think I actually started like January, nope, January 16th was the first day I did it. So it wasn't like I started the year that way. And what's interesting is that, you know, I didn't do it every day. I didn't. I did it every once in a while whenever I would remember. And so in 2013, that first year, I made my list 88 times because I'm a nerd and I went back and I counted. Okay. It was easy for me. Don't worry. I just searched it, whatever. Got the number real quick. And the first year, 2013, I made my gratitude list 88 times. 2014, I did it 109 times. 2015, I did it 161 times. Next year, 107 times. 2017, I did it 87 times. That number probably dipped because Nicolas was born. Things were cray. 2018, number went up 120 times. And this year, I mean, it's June. Today is June 4th that I'm recording this. So halfway through the year. And I have made my gratitude list 81 times. So as you can see, like, you know, there's 365 days in a year. There are more days that I don't make the list than I do, right? I wish I remembered more often, but I just don't. And I do it when I remember. I don't get on my case about it. I just try to do it when I can. But I think the most important thing about the list is that you will not find, like, if you go back and read entries, you will not see, like, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for, you know, whatever. All this happy stuff, the basics, no. You'll find specifics. You know, today I will write, because I haven't done it yet, on my gratitude list, three things I'm grateful for. One of them will definitely be my sore throat. Why am I grateful to my sore throat? Because you know what? It reminds me of how well my throat works all the other time. All the other days, I don't even notice that I don't think to myself when I wake up in the morning, hmm, my throat feels great today. No, you just don't register it because you take it for granted, right? And having a sore throat or like having an injury or whatever, it makes you conscious of how well our bodies work for us and that they are our vehicles, you know? So like, I'm grateful for this bad throat ache because it's reminding me 
of my health. I'm healthy most of the time. You know, I am more conscious of how much I need to take care of my body so that it works for me, works with me. Most people don't get up and thank God for feeling sick, you know, and that's a practice that I've, as you see, over the last six years been working at. So I feel like it's changed me. You know, it's changed me so deeply that, you know, when somebody complains about something, I just don't see not like what they're complaining about physically. Like I can see why a situation might be annoying, but I guess I just don't let it permeate my mood as much. I'm much more able to stay even keeled, you know, and there's this quote that I love by Santa Teresa de Avila. And it says, the closer one approaches to God, the simpler one becomes. And what a beautiful quote, because, you know, it's not about not having challenges. We all have challenges, but we have a choice in how we face them. You know, there's this quote by Shakespeare that says, there's nothing good or bad, only thinking make it so. And it's kind of the same thing, you know. I recently had a very difficult medical situation with one of my children. And let me tell you that while, of course, I experienced some worry, you know, I wasn't overcome with how I would have spiraled a few years ago. I had a choice, you know, I need to show up at this appointment, we're going to deal with this, whatever. And I, I was exhausted after, but I didn't let it snowball into like a thing. It, it didn't become a thing. It's something that I went through, but it didn't become a thing. Like I'm not perfect. You know, there are still experiences that overwhelm me and that I might have to vent about from time to time. But you know, that happens very little these days. It happens very little. I wish you could like, you know, pick up my phone and read my conversations with people. Most of the time, first of all, we're talking about other people. Like If I'm texting a friend, we're focusing on that friend. How can I help you most of the time? Conversation is very rarely focused on myself. Second of all, they ask me how I am. And a lot of the time, I'm just like, I'm good. Things are good. You know, this and this happened. And then this and this happened. And my weekend went like this. And the weekend was good. And today's good. And, you know, everything's fine. And, you know, sometimes people might say, but that sounds so boring. You know, having an even-keeled life sounds boring. But to me, it just sounds peaceful, to be honest with you. It sounds like serenity. And I know that that's something that everybody wants. Nobody likes walking around red in the face. Like if you've seen that movie, Inside Out, it's a cartoon movie, a Disney movie from a couple of years ago, that, you know, there's different characters running a person's brain. In this case, it was a, a young child. So there's a character for joy. There's a character for sadness. There's a character for disgust and all the fear. And the one that I'm focusing on here is the red little guy, really angry with big fists. And he's anger. And he's always fuming and fires coming out of his out of his head. And he's like banging the table. And you know, people, it's not fun to live like that. You know, nobody wants to be angry all the time. But it's like we can't avoid it. Every day there's something that is wrong with the day. Our reality is something that we reject, like outright. But I ask you, what will your life be like 10, 20, 30 years from now if you don't change that? If you don't start, you know, making a list of what you're grateful for in the moments where you want to knock somebody sideways or you're so upset and hurt and uh, about something. If you continue acting the way that you're acting, 
what will your life be like in 10, 20, 30 years? And like I've said, I'm not perfect. There are things that I want to change. You know, there are things that I want to do better so that my life will be better in 10, 20, 30 years. So I'm right there with you. Like, please don't take this the wrong way that I'm like on some high horse talking down to you. Like, no, let's just say I'm talking to all of us, including myself here. But I find it so frustrating, so frustrating when people don't see it, when they're walking their life blindfolded by their emotions, unable to restrain them and unable to see, to see clearly that there is another way. Because all of that like hurricane of emotions and anger and sadness and annoyance and, you know, being in a bad mood all the time, that's what causes suffering. Not only do you suffer in the moment because you're going through it, but how can you be a good parent, a good friend, a good colleague, a good boss, a good anything, a good person walking down the street to smile at the person who walks next to you? How can you do that well? If you are always in a bad mood or annoyed and you cause suffering, but let's turn it around. If you take things in stride, if you try to be grateful for the things in your life, even when things are going bad, when you put things in perspective to see all of the joy around you, the beauty, the trees, the sky, the fact that you're breathing, if you focus on those things, Instead of getting all worked up about the bad. If you were coming from a place, a centered place of happiness and joy and love, how much love could you spread to other people? And I don't mean like go around, like around hugging people. Yes, I know there are people who do that, who like stands with signs and are like, hug me or whatever. Like, no. What I mean is, that's cool if that's your thing. (laughs) But what I mean is, how much love could you spread through a kind word, through a smile, through kind eyes, through a nod, through a loving piece of advice or a loving statement of acceptance or just listening to somebody without being all in a huff, you know? How would not just your life change and your experience of this life change, but how would you change the experience for other people? There are going to be days that you're tired, that you're irritable, that you're upset, that you're not okay. And I'm not saying that that is not acceptable. Of course it is. It's a human condition. And please don't get me wrong. You know, I talked about post-weaning depression on an earlier episode of this podcast. You know, I was very open about that. I went through a really hard time where there's no way in hell that I could be positive or smile about what I was going through. That was, you know, a medical condition. And a lot of people suffer from depression and anxiety. And definitely so, I am not speaking to those people who need medical help. I've been there. I understand. And this doesn't apply to you. But for everybody else who's complaining about stubbing your toe, or the person who cut you off in traffic, or you got into a fender bender on your way to an important meeting, I mean, there's a million things that can go wrong in our daily life. You know, there's a leak in my ceiling or whatever. What I'm saying is that those menial little things, they could either ruin your day and ruin your interactions with other people, which are important, or you can roll with the punches. You can roll with it, recognize that, you know, given the overall picture of your life, given some perspective, There are still so many things to be grateful for, not let it ruin your day, 
and continue to have loving interactions with other people. Just please, you know, this breaks my heart. It really does. Don't be one of those people who always has to have something wrong, either something to fix or something to complain about. Please don't be one of those people who always needs to find something wrong with the situation. You know, I would love if everybody woke up and found the good in the situation, found the things to be grateful for, found some perspective, and from there could be of loving service to other people. And I know that this episode is like super ranty, borderline angry, and I apologize for it. But, you know, it's just something that was on my heart and I wanted to be honest about it because I'm tired of all these interactions where people are always complaining about little things when they could be enjoying the sunshine and love and fun and happiness instead. And it breaks my heart for people to miss out on that because like I always say this is not our practice life so let's enjoy it you know not only enjoy it for yourselves but for other people do something awesome and the more and more I do this the more I realize this being the podcast the more I realize this feels like a calling it feels like this is what I'm supposed to do you know (laughs) I know I know for a fact that you know I'm a good friend Because my friends tell me that all the time, like all the time. I must be doing something right if they're constantly telling me I'm a good friend. I love listening to them. I I love, you know, giving them hopefully very loving advice or, you know, I I try to give them the best advice possible. I try to be my best and I I try to help others. And I feel like through the podcast, I'm doing that for other people, right? I'm, I'm doing that for a greater audience. But I want you to be clear that the reason that I do it because it breaks my heart to see people suffering in ways that are completely preventable. I don't want that for you. Have fun. Look outside. Right now, I'm staring, honestly, I'll be honest with you, I'm staring at a wall, a white wall (laughs) through a window in a very muggy office with blankets everywhere so there's not much echo. And it's hot in here. I have to leave soon to pick up my kids and then I'm going to have to deal with like, you know, singing Mickey Mouse songs and lunch and it's hot and sticky and there's no central ac in nicaragua and i really think that life is better with central ac so much better when you're not sweating all the time but life is beautiful despite all those things life is beautiful i'm so grateful for this life and i just want to be able to share what i've learned what i've picked up i mean i'm no expert i'll always say it i have things to learn and i'm working on things all the time but I just gotta, you know, teach what I know, teach what I've learned, and hopefully it lands with somebody. Hopefully it helps. And from sometimes I get comments from people, and I'm so grateful for you to reach out because it's so encouraging to know that I'm doing an all right job. I'm not doing harm, I guess. I think that well, somebody once told me that that is the number one <laughs> rule is do no harm, you know. And and as long as I'm doing no harm, then I'll keep doing this. I hope you enjoy it. So it's been you know, almost 24 minutes of me ranting about us having better days and rolling with the punches. And I hope that this was helpful to you. And I'll wrap it up here because I could keep going and I don't know if anybody wants that. So as always, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into this little show of mine. You know, I just want to tell you that we are growing every month. The amount of listeners for the Kin Show has grown. And I am so grateful to you, not only for listening, but also for sharing it with your friends or people who you think might enjoy it. So, you know, not everybody's into deep talks and that's cool. I get it. 
but it's so wonderful for me to see, you know, that little, that little uptick in listeners every month. And it's very encouraging. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. I, it's the best part of my day. It's the best part of my week when I get to record, to be honest. So thank you. And thank you always to Mario and Tate Callejas. Mario provides the music for the show and Tate recorded the intro to the podcast. So I am so grateful to them, the Callejas family. Look up Mario Callejas on Spotify, all right? And you will find my favorite song, Yellow. Thank you again. And if you have two seconds, I would love it if you could hop on over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. It would mean the world to me. The greatest gift you could give me is that review. So thank you so much. This is Marcela, your host, signing out.